Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. What's going on? It's Isaac back with another episode of inappropriate happiness and i am joined as always by talented musician karina reichman <laughs> talented musician karina reichman you are having quite a week hi boogie what is going on <laughs> they really should have said lunatic musician that would have been more apt but either way it's uh i am having quite a week it's uh it's uh, so far so good what can you say what we're referring to is uh karina was on eyewitness news which is a major thing here in new york it's in all of the taxis and was interviewed and featured by sandy kenyon who's become kind of a, a legend for the city in a certain kind of way i couldn't agree more and he uh you know, he is famous for perhaps the uh, the Eyewitness News Movie Minute, which if you've taken a yellow cab before, you've probably seen, you know, this gentleman with his very, like, kind of dry voice uh, reviewing movies. And, uh, I mean, I've been obsessed with him since high school. <laughs> and he used to interview, or not, he used to introduce our high school slash college band, Isaac. And now, I mean, he's done, now this is his second feature on me. <laughs> the first being during the pandemic, which is wild. He called me, you know, it was like pandemic pioneer, Karina Ragman, which is very flattering and very sweet. And then you know, he's really just kept tabs on yours truly and wanted to do another story seeing all this, you know, hoopla about my debut record. And he was like, what better time than now than to do another story on you? So I'm over the moon delighted <laughs> that he's sort of kept a close watch on what I've been up to all these years. Very, very sweet. So you have have a, an album coming out this Friday and are doing a, a lot of press around it and a lot of different kinds of promotion. And, you know, in the last couple of years, you've had different kinds of exposure to different uh, things and have shared and posted and been featured in many different ways. 
what is the reaction like to something like a feature on television done by Sandy Canyon? It's a great, really, really well asked question, Isaac. It's, um, you know, I, I feel like for all the people who, you know, may, like the adults, you know, quote unquote, who maybe think I'm some kind of derelict and don't quite understand what it is that I do. And oh, she gets in a van and, you know, travels around with a bunch of uh, lunatics around the country and, you know, or what I like for people who don't. It's it sort of, I feel like, gives some sort of, uh, you know, validity or something to to a certain type of person who sees me on television on the news and they're like, oh my God, like she is a real working musician where I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I've been a working musician for a long time, you know what I mean? And, and whatever. But that element of it is kind of funny to me because there's definitely been a lot of people in my life who sort of came out of the woodwork to say, like, congrats about the TV feature, which I really, of course, appreciate. But I think it's funny that it took, you know, a newscaster <laughs> on Channel 7 for them to, you know, I don't know. It's sort of an interesting thing because, like, and especially, I don't know, I feel like growing up, you know, in the city or whatever, just like growing up in general, there's the people you go to school with who, like, you know, they're doctors, lawyers, business executives, things that are, like, much more kind of uh palatable for a more run-of-the-mill type of person to like grasp right and then there's me who runs around on stage and uh drops bass bombs and gets crazy like you know <laughs> for a living <laughs> and so i don't know i felt like i felt like uh that that was kind of a striking element of it for me you know there was sort of an older contingent that was like oh my god karina you're really doing music i'm like yeah I've been doing music for a long time, totally. Um, so that's an interesting thing. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's sort of, it's not mainstream, quote unquote, but it's definitely like on primetime, you know, Channel 7 television here in New York, in the greater New York area. So there was, uh, there was a pretty strong reaction to it. I'm, and I'm delighted, you know, and I feel like that was kind of a wild piece of press. <laughs> For me, it almost works in the opposite way. Tell me. Where I don't really know what goes on on Channel 7 News on any sure. given day. <laughs> so when I hear that you're going to be on it, I'm like, oh, Channel 7 News, that's so cool, <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I never turn on, the like, what? You know, and it's like you see the guy doing the weather, and then it's like, entertainment reporter Sandy Kenyon has a story. And it's like, what? It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a very strange experience i got very interested in steve kornacki who does the live reporting of the election results he is interesting he's interesting and has a i feel like a similar he has a very incredible skill set but the way he pays attention to and delivers on and can process what's happening sure i i find very compelling i i think the news is is fascinating especially like yeah like the local well that's not local news but um that's that's nationwide honey but but yes but yes no all all of the above there's something there's something interesting about all of it for sure and it's like packaged in this sort of funny way <laughs> and then the anchors like i don't know for my for my news piece like the anchors at the end are like karina you rock i'm like wow that is hilarious that's really and i'm very flattered thanks i think they rock you guys rock <laughs> so that was funny yeah no uh definitely a crazy a crazy moment of of a lot of media and press and and that sort of thing which i'm just super i mean i'm very grateful 
for all that. And I think I have a good, like, I, you know, it's a good thing I like to talk so much, you know what I mean? Because if I didn't, I feel like there's a lot, many, many musicians who are the polar opposite of me, you know, and are we're like quiet creatives who are combustive on stage, but then very reclusive in, in real life. And I feel like I'm not necessarily that guy at all, you know, and I like to talk and I like to tell my story and I like being asked questions for the most part, you know, when I'm being interviewed, not like when I'm at dinner. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's been good. It's been good. A lot of podcasts and I'm very glad to be back and doing our own podcast in the midst of all of the other, you know, long form, uh, ones I've been doing, which is kind of cool. Well, in terms of the sequence of stories of what's going on recently, (laughs) To close the book or maybe open the book on another viral moment you had, you received a package in the mail recently. Oh, Isaac, you are so right about that, my dude. Uh, Yeah, for for those who don't know, we discussed on, you know, perhaps the last episode or or two episodes ago, I don't remember, but I, I made this very stupid, very short video about, you know, being hassled by somebody in public while I was wearing a Rush t-shirt and somebody said, hey, name one album. And then I, you know, went on to completely destroy that person with, you know, I named about seven albums and said, well, you want them in chronological order? Anyway, this video has now been <laughs> viewed like well over a million times, which is very wild. And uh, I've just got, you know, on the, in the digital realm, things are very different for me now. It really did change <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> And I still, every day, I'm getting hundreds of new followers from this, which is wild. This came out over like a month ago, you know? So it's very, it's been very surreal and very interesting that that's what's brought people to see. And now people are writing to me to say, hey, you know, I came here because of the Rush video, but your music's awesome. And I'm like, great. Well, that's as, that's what you want, you know, or whatever. So, so within all of that, after the video was posted, Rush, the band, DM'd me if you will. And they said, uh, you know, thanks so much for the support. What's your mailing address? We'd like to send you something. And I was like, oh, shit. So gave them a mailing address. And then what happened, Isaac? Real recent, real recent. I went down to get a very different package on Friday. And the doorman had another package. And it was for you (laughs) with the return address from one GL Wine Rib of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Oh, man. And I was not around. I was going to play in Westport, Connecticut that night, but you called me and were like, Karina, <laughs> there's a package here from GL Wine Rib. That's Getty Lee Wine Rib. And I was like, oh, my, I almost had a heart attack. And I was like, don't open it. And you were like, girl, I'm not going to open it. And, um, and right before we sat down to tape this podcast, I was like, what did we do? We did a little unboxing. Oh, dude. And so, you know, it is Getty Lee's book, Getty Lee's big book of bass. And inside it, he wrote a personal message uh, saying, thanks for the support, Karina. And uh, it's pretty, that's, some, that's, I mean, just the fact that the video reached his consciousness and like he then said like it's crazy so that kind of blows my mind and thank you getty if you're listening which i'm sure you're not (laughs) i uh you know you definitely know a lot about sandy kenyon by now and (laughs) you're uh i really appreciate you that is that is unbelievable and it's a beautiful book by the way everybody should go and buy a copy of getty lee's big book of bass if you ask me 
I thought it was cool that we opened it to two different pages that had cream-colored bases, gold pick guards. Literally, which are, for those who don't know, my specialty. <laughs> you know, I have my, my 1978 Fender P base that's cream with a gold pick guard, and then I have my first custom base by Zeke Guitars that was modeled exactly after that base that's white with a gold pick guard and, uh, you know, with a, with a P base looking body and whatnot. Yeah. So surreal. So crazy. I don't know. And then I think we like turned to a page with like Jeff Tweedy holding a base and we're like, okay, we'll look at the rest of this to record the podcast. <laughs> looked, it looked, it looked appropriate, you know, he looked good with it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, what a crazy that, yeah, that's been a very shocking viral moment <laughs> of the last little while for sure. Very, very interesting. And it's brought a lot of people, you know, a lot of like musicians that I super admire, uh, into my, you know, DMs that I'm now chatting with and, and I'm just like, wow, like the Rush video brought you to me. That's crazy. Like what? And, uh, you know, you never know, Isaac, in this world of like very fast and quickly consumed media, what a 17 second video <laughs> can, you know, how, f- like how far it can reach and how widely it can you know be disseminated very fascinating to me who's never had a viral moment before like this is really a wild (laughs) and for it to be that it just cracks me up so thank you getty and thank you alex and thank you to the whole rush hq for putting this together for me that's so so beyond sweet it's crazy well since we recorded our last episode fish closed out most of their summer tour with a seven night residency at Madison Square Garden. You were there for all seven. I came in for the last four and let's just, you know, it's it's old news but it's also still very much here with us and uh you know, just thought we would uh say a few words about our experience of this incredible residency. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I'm shocked shocked and awed that this all went down i still i have no idea how they're able to pull off such gargantuan effort towards not repeating a single song over the course of seven nights in the world's most famous arena (laughs) it was so crazy and of course you know it sounds insane that i i mean and it is insane i can't believe i was able to attend all seven like in the middle of the sun, like what, when I'm, you know, theoretically at my busiest with like, you know, a lot of weekend festivals and blah, 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 which, you know, I just had that exact stretch of time off, which was really amazing. Uh, and I feel like I learned so, so much personally. And like, I had this big show in Westport, Connecticut the other day and my band played for like a straight two hours which we never do and you know jammed very excessively and all of us you know my whole band I brought on multiple occasions to the fish concerts and uh you know there's something really masterful and of course I'm preaching to the choir right but you know the way that fish will put the audience in a trance for a long stretch of time in the midst of a jam, which is just this, you know, tapestry of interwoven lines, right? And they're they're so good at keeping it at one pace, one tempo, one sort of, you know, this this thing where you really get into a meditative state, right? And they do that, they're, they're able to do that without changing it and without, you know, making it more bombastic for, for quite some time. They can just live in this space, right? And um, 
I don't know. I had this crazy moment of, of kind of, I, I've seen fish 140 times, right? But like over the course of this run, studying them so much uh, and doing, you know, just check, seeing what, what was going on on a very like musicological <laughs> Uh, level, you know, and then so they, they keep you in that mode for a long time and then they change one little thing and you're like, oh, and then they change one another little thing and you're like, oh, and then all of a sudden it's bombastic and the lights are going crazy and he's peeking it and it's going and you're just like completely, you know, losing your mind. Right. And of course, not every jam follows that, um, you know, methodology. But it was really sort of interesting to see how like when my band was playing last week coming off of all of this kind of in the mindset of like, okay, like we can keep things at the same sort of sonic level and pace for a long time until you start to make things more bombastic and then until you start to pick things up, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, it's a classic formula. You see it, Grateful Dead, Almond Brothers, classic. You start here, my hand is low, and you end here. My hand is high. And, uh, you know, it obviously, it's it's about the journey, right? And so in order to have a long and impactful journey, you have to keep things down here for a while often. You know what I mean? And it's very, very difficult as a musician to be in a moment like that and not accelerate and not want to accelerate. If you're me, maybe some people really like to be in that, which I love to be in that mode too. But for me, I like... I get impatient, you know, and I get my punk rock sensibility takes over and I'm like, come on, let's, let's, let's rev it up already. You know what I mean? But it was really cool to have these very, very patient jams, very much inspired by what I saw over the course of the seven nights, um, this last weekend, you know, for my, for my, just in my own head, I feel like my whole band was super inspired by what we saw and it was really a beautiful thing. And the shows, the fish shows were spectacular and I feel like they just kept getting better, which is great because Isaac was there for the last four. And, uh, you know, there were like the first weekend, I, I, by the way, I loved every minute of it. But the first weekend I found there to be a few sets in there where it was like, okay, the first set was incredible. And the second set was good, you know, and, and whatever. But of course, you know, to be able to do anything even close to what this band is capable of is nothing short of miraculous. <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, I, there's a lot to hang on to about what you're saying. Oh. Um, because I do feel that there's something about the frame of the jams that uh, obviously pertains to, you know, going out and then playing your own music. Um, I definitely feel it in my work, too. Like, as a therapist, like, yeah. the impulse to try to just kind of you know, work with what everything that uh, somebody is, is bringing into the room is so strong. And like, it doesn't work to do that. That's interesting. You know, they're, you know, you have to be patient and work with someone closely and listen. And you can't escalate from A to Z. Like, you know, like it really takes time to make something <laughs> real and um yeah i think that i i don't know it was just listening to to you talk about that thinking about a very similar way in which that works for me sure i feel like for lots of people you know people. and the way in which like you know people have these very deep introspective moments at these shows not not drug fueled at all you know what i mean but just by virtue of the trance that this band literally puts you in 
because that's a crazy element that is such a huge part of the seeing fish experience that is not shared with non-janbans in that same way, you know? And it's really, and of course, to me, they're the masters of it, you know? And it's very interesting. I feel like a lot of people have these sort of introspective moments at the shows where, you know, Isaac's a therapist, I'm a musician, we're having a similar thought about what it all means and how it reflects in our respective lives. And I think other people do too, you know, whether or not they're acutely aware of it, right? And even just being there, them giving you the time and space to be like, whoa, okay, here we go. And then you get lost in your own reverie. And then after a long time, you're like, oh, oh my God, they just changed something. Oh, that, oh, oh, and then you're like, you know, brought back out of it. And then you're even more jubilated than, you know, like they, it's really a wild, it's a wild system and thing that they've kind of, you know, I, would, I don't even want to say perfected because that, you know, perfected doesn't leave room for the incredible intangibility that the band brings to the table and, and the, um, the desire to fuck around and find out. Cause that's huge. And that's why we love it. You know, it's like some things they're just experimenting. They're totally exploring up there. It's unbelievable to behold and see them create these sonic tapestries out of nowhere, you know? So that's very cool. I'm very, I'm stoked that you, you know, it's, it's a cool thing. It's like the coolest thing. Totally. <laughs> I was also thinking of, uh, you know, bringing it back to what it's like to be framed by a news anchor. <laughs> I, I watched this interview with Trey uh, ahead of some of the orchestral shows he did yeah. on PBS. And the anchor is like, the interviewer is like, why now? Why do orchestral stuff now? And Trey was like, oh, I, I've always been doing orchestrals. Like, <laughs> I wrote like Split Open and Melt. There's like sheet music for that. That's how that song was written. Yeah. And... <laughs> the the you know interviewer gets really interested in this and trey talks about a, a composition teacher he had that talked about how important the content is rather than the context and mm. trey was like oh cool so you mean like i could make content like this and put it in the context of a rock band and like that's what he did and uh, you know that really i went into the garden thinking about that and then like watching them play songs like gaiuti yeah and you enjoy myself and thinking like oh, this is such an interesting framing of this like melodic, expansive, exploratory, technical, and yet, you know, the technicality is thrown all over the place for these crazy moments, you know, in the context of being in Madison Square Garden with the, you know, it's like, this is a very cool structure. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree lot. more. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I like that. I like, I mean, and that's sort of one of the most incredible parts of seeing fish are those, you know, very through composed orchestral moments, you know, filtered through a four piece rock band. Incredible what they're able to, you know, the sonic fucking palette is just absolutely extraordinary. So needless to say, we had a great time and would recommend, <laughs> would recommend for sure. Uh, that was the best. And now they're on a little bit of a break until the, the weekend of the 25th. They're going to be at SPAC in Saratoga Springs, New York. I which, will be there. Which is a benefit for the, the flood relief. Floods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is a beautiful thing. I'm stoked that they're, you know, able to do that. And of course, there's no... <laughs> In my mind, no bigger Vermont band. I don't want to be proven wrong. Somebody's like, Ario Speedwagon's from Vermont. Um, I don't think they're bigger than fish, though. Um, not, in, not in my small corner of the universe. 
anyway, it's very, very cool that they're able to give back. And in a way that, of course, everybody is stoked that Fish is now playing SPAC at the end of the summer, which is great. And then the very classic Dick's Sporting Goods run in Denver, Colorado. Yep. And they have, uh, you know, three different destinations for their fall tour. And I'm sure they are going to announce a lot more. It's their 40th anniversary of Fish this year. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. It was a great time. Thanks for seven great nights, Fish. We can't even handle you right now. We're like bereft. We can't even, you know, it's it's so cool. It was really, really awesome. And just like very, I don't know, for me, it definitely like filled the inspirational tank in a big way. Likewise. You know? Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, shit, my album's coming out on Friday. Hopefully this uh, episode comes out before then. I don't even know what to say about that other than I'm, you know, in the midst of it in a lot of ways and it's just fucking crazy. And I will be performing at the Secret Dreams Festival in Thornville, Ohio, the day it comes out. This looks like a good festival. <laughs> I mean, holy shit, it looks insane. It looks very um, EDM sort of like Wook DJ set heavy, you know, in the sense of like, I, I don't even know how I got booked on this festival. <laughs> but like, I feel like I'm like one of like, you know, five like organic bands, quote unquote. It's like my day on my stage. It goes me and then La Special and STS9, I think. And maybe Papadozio. Did I? Anyway, those are like bands that like play instruments, you know, and a lot of it is like Tipper and Grizz and you know, those are like the big headliners, but a lot of, a lot of DJs and a lot of stuff like that. So that's going to be wild. And, uh, Legend Valley is where it is. And I have experienced the glory of Legend Valley for Dome Fest, the Pigeons Playing Ping Pong Festival. And boy, am I excited to fly into Columbus, drive to Legend Valley, play my set, and then drive for five and a half hours to Maryland where I will be performing the next day at the Hot August Music Festival on Friday, or on Saturday the 19th. That festival uh, is in Cockeysville, Maryland, and features the likes of O'Teal and Friends, Little Feet, Ripe, Daniel Donato's Cosmic Country, and your girl, me, among several others. So that's a really fun one-day music festival and a lot of travel for two festivals. <laughs> How does it feel to be in the less electronic camp for the Electronica Fest and the more electronic Ooh. camp for the jam-centric hot summer fest? A very interesting question. You know, it's uh, it's sort of, uh, it's typical for me, right? I'm always too poppy for the jammers and too jammy for the poppers. I'm like a confusing case in a lot of ways. And I feel like that's uh, par for the course when you're writing your own book. Yeah, no, totally. I don't yeah. know what kind of answer I expected because I know that that is just kind of how you roll. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about how sometimes we're at Jazz Fest and yeah. we'll go see a band with a very kind of guitar-centric thing sure. after seeing a bunch of bands that are more horn-heavy and the kind of refreshing nature of that and, and, you know, of course, vice versa in a lot of different circumstances. Totally. And, like, I definitely feel like I'm going to try to cater both sets to their respective quote-unquote audiences and that's sense really that, cool yeah and i've been thinking a lot about it and uh there's like you know i have a new song we named new song reboot by the way and that sort of you know it's very ethereal and psychedelic but very dancey four on the floor you know a lot of uh 
craziness going on in that song. And I think that, you know, we could play that song for 20 minutes at uh, Secret Dreams, you know, whereas I'm really looking forward to a real down and dirty dirty south uh, at the next night you know which is very much more guitar centric rootsy kind of you know good old-fashioned riff vibes you know and uh, and stuff like that no I'm, I'm definitely already thinking about it for sure and i'm gonna cater each one to what i think is gonna go the hardest i just don't know but you can never know maybe if i reversed it it would hit better who knows who knows but Looking forward to it. It's going to be crazy to have such a fucking insane travel day the day my record comes out. You know, like, that's insane. (laughs) I definitely noticed that and have been thinking about it. (laughs) That will be wild. Looking forward to it, though. Secret dreams. We'll see you there, baby. It's great. I mean, I'm such a huge fan of festival season. And to have, you know, festivals every weekend until my tour is pretty awesome so i'm i'm looking forward to it and i'm so pleased with how the band is sounding we had such a fun show we had a bunch of shows last week guster two shows with guster and then one headlining show in connecticut and it was just super super fun so nah i'm i'm delighted i'm delighted i can't i'm glad we're finding a moment to like do a pod right before the record comes out it's very exciting it's very exciting yeah go stream karina's album (laughs) it's called joyride that's Karina, congratulations. Thanks, folks. Thanks, dude. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's my first one, you know? It's like, you just don't know until you do it. And then you're like, oh, shit, we just had an album. And now I got to finish my second one, you know? And it's one LP, but the vinyl is a gatefold cover, correct? Correct, correct. Single LP, gatefold cover. Very cool. Very proud of the uh, the gatefold interior that, uh, that we designed. I haven't seen it yet. That is probably what I'm most looking forward to. Oh, it's so sick. I can't wait to I'm show you. I'm very excited. I mean, I haven't physically seen it in real life so i'm hoping that the printing uh, process was kind to it you know and it looks good and as you know as good in real life as it did on my computer screen <laughs> but yeah that was uh that was a big labor of love for sure so yeah isaac do we have other stuff to talk about do we put a bow on it what do we even do dude i don't even know i mean i think we can thank rjb of course of course a guy who soaked in much fish as well I believe that to be true. I believe that to be true. And RJ, thank you for putting us on here at Osiris Media, the network itself. It's uh, it's a true delight. It's a true delight. We look forward to having dinner with you sometime soon. Anyone else you want to thank? <laughs> I want to thank just about everybody I've ever met, which is going to take a long time. You know, I think let's do that for the ne- next episode. I want to thank, I, I mean, yeah, it, the list goes on. I want to thank you for taking the time. <laughs> Thank you too. This is really lovely, and uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling good, guys. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you have an amazing rest of your day, week, and look forward to ripping another podcast real soon. And uh, here we go, baby. Here we go. Here we go. Take care. Bye bye. Osiris. Hello out there. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. 
We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, in off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.